This is Trice Talk Minipod for Saturday night, July the 25th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Minipod, that gap filler between episodes of Trice Talk, a mini version, if you will, of our regular show where I limit the subjects and the time for the show as well. So thanks for joining me for another episode of Mini Pod. Now tonight, I'm gonna. I have two articles that I want to share with you, and both of them are from the Epic Times. And the first article, I would consider it to be discouraging uh, because it's about more CRT. There's another article about uh, another issue with CRT. But the second article, I find it to be encouraging because it shows that more and more people are paying attention to what liberals are trying to do in this country, what they're trying to destroy, and how they're trying to get everything situated where it favors them as time moves forward. So I'm encouraged by the second article. Uh, So I'm going to start with the the first article is called Minnesota Student Says Teacher Told Her to Hide Equity Survey Questions from Her Parents. And this is an article by the Center Square, whoever the heck that is. I guess it's a group of people. I'm not quite sure. Haven't ever really been able to find out what that is, the center square. But anyway, uh, this was a story that actually um, came out today, earlier today. It says a Sartell St. Stephen's School District student is speaking out after the school required grade school children to take an equity survey. Some students didn't understand some of the survey questions, but were told by a teacher they couldn't repeat the survey questions to their parents. And this is according to a video uploaded by Alpha News. And uh, when I post this uh, article on uh, our Facebook page after the show, uh, you can click on this link if you'd like to and look at that video from Alpha News. 
Uh, the survey asked questions that some students didn't understand, even after hearing an explanation from their teacher. Some still couldn't comprehend the survey questions, but a teacher told the students they couldn't ask their parents for help. And this is according to student Haley Yasger. My teacher said that I could not skip any questions even when I didn't understand them. One question asked us what gender we identify with. I was very confused along with a lot of other classmates, Yasker said. She said students were told they could not repeat any of the questions to our parents. The school district hasn't yet responded to a request for comment. It's unclear what value a survey holds if respondents don't understand the questions. Being asked to hide this from my mom made me very uncomfortable, like I was doing something wrong, Yasger told the school board. The equity survey is part of a reckoning of how school systems nationwide should teach issues related not only to sexuality, but as well as race in the state where George Floyd died in police custody last year. Now that the city settled a lawsuit for $27 million and former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has been sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for third-degree murder and manslaughter, the question now remains how school systems should explain similar events to children. Some parents call the curriculum divisive while supporters say it's teaching history and showing how racist attitudes and activities such as redlining are embedded into daily life. Despite being more than 40 years old, critical race theory, CRT, has evolved to a flashpoint between political parties over the past year. CRT holds that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. CRT scholars allege many societal problems are rooted in the country's white majority using laws and other power to suppress the non-white population, whether consciously or subconsciously. CRT opponents claim that its conclusions rely on anecdotes and storytelling rather than a comprehensive examination of evidence. They say its supporters focus on disproportionate outcomes from those individual stories, incorrectly drawing conclusions about institutional racism and white privilege and failing to take into account strides that, that the nation has made towards racial, uh, racial equality. Critics say CRT employs heavy use of the Marxist struggle ideology and and tactic that advocates for the destruction of history, which they've been working on. Actually, they've not only been destroying it, they've been rewriting it. Traditions, well, they certainly are going after traditions because all the traditions of this country apparently are racist as far as they're concerned. And culture of a society. Well, that goes along with the rest of it, right? 
Around the United States, there's been a growing movement of parents who have become increasingly dissatisfied with the CRT-derived curriculum being taught in their children's classrooms. Good for them. That part is encouraging. Um, Epic Times reporter Jack Phillips contributed to this report. So I guess, Jack, you must uh, be part of the Center Square group. All right, that's the downer part. It's only a downer because it's it's more evidence that it's being taught in schools. And come on, you got to admit, if you if you tell the nature of children, and I haven't had any small children in a number of years, but it, I I know back in my time, if I told my children not to say something, maybe like to their mother about a particular thing, or to one of their uh, siblings or something of that nature or to the grandmother, whatever. That made them want to do it that much more. That made them want to tell whatever it was that I said, don't share that much more. And can you imagine? Now, I, I know there's exceptions to all rules, but can you imagine teachers telling students that they're not allowed to tell their parents about these questions or ask for their help and what goes to these students mind the first thing you would think if somebody asks you not to to share something like that from school you it's it's just human nature for you to say i wonder why and if i'm not telling them am i not telling them because it's stuff that they would be mad about so that seemed like a dumb move by uh, the teachers, um, the superintendents of that school system, whoever's to blame for that little fiasco of a survey. But like I said at the end, there is more pushback by parents in this country, especially in Virginia. I mean, the people in Virginia are, are just... Uh, up in arms about what's going on in the schools. So that may have a big uh, effect on the, the governor's race. I believe it's coming up next year. That should be interesting because, you know, Virginia has uh, gone blue or it may be in blue for some time. I'm not quite sure, but uh, with all the angry people that I've seen on the news, about these different issues, um, you know, it may change colors again. Anyway, that's the um, that's the that's the uh, somewhat bad news story for tonight. Again, because it's about critical race. So I have a good news story, and and it's good in the sense again that there's people in here. The story is about that uh, apparently aren't going to take this anymore. Uh, and this particular article deals with COVID restrictions and so forth. And you probably, once I say this, you've heard this in the news yourself, uh, at least one of the names. So the title, title of the article is Van Morrison and Eric Clapton Take Back the Culture for Freedom. And this is a, an opinion piece or viewpoint piece from Roger L. Simon, 
who is a contributor to uh, the Epic Times. So Roger says, as anyone even half awake, as opposed to woke, knows the arts monolithically left are about as dead as they are uh, or have ever been in our culture. Name the genre. It's one propagandist, propagandistic, propagandistic. Yeah, maybe. There you go. <laughs> bore. It's one propagandistic bore. The message is always the same and it's always a downer. When art is created by conformists and at this moment the left are the biggest conformists possibly imaginable, it is sure to be worthless. Speaking of which, as a member of the Motion Picture Academy for the first time ever, I didn't even bother to vote this year, let alone watch the movies. Who needs Hollywood's solemn lectures? But there's hope, big hope actually, from the music world and at the highest levels. The Brits, Van Morrison and Eric Clapton, two of the greatest stars of the last 50 years, have broken from the oh-so-tired conventional progressive mold of popular music with not one, but two songs that push the content envelope. They're actually taking back the culture for freedom from the left-wing conformist. Naturally, the songs are being squelched, or in the case of YouTube, often presented after interminable advertisements from the likes of Stacey Abrams, with her creators being canceled by the hordes on that enemy of all slightly original, read conservative or libertarian thought. Twitter. The first song is an anti-lockdown blues written by Van Morrison and sung by Clapton, Stand and Deliver, the proceeds going to Morrison's Lockdown Financial Hardship Fund. Needless to say, it's not getting a lot of radio plays, which is amazing considering the pedigree of the artist. You can listen to the song's lyrics here. Uh, there is a link on here. Uh, on this article. So when I post it on Facebook, you'll be able to click on it and listen to the song or both songs, I believe, if you would like. But anyway, the you can listen to the songs here. It rocks like old days. Uh, here is a sampling of the lyrics. I don't usually read lyrics to songs, but uh, I'll do it here just because it's part of the article. But stand and deliver. You let them put the fear on you. Stand and deliver, but not a word you heard was true. But if there's nothing you can say, there be there may be nothing you can do. Do you want to be a free man or do you want to be a slave? Do you want to be a free man or do you want to be a slave? Do you want to hear these chains until you're lying in your grave? I don't want to be a pauper. And I don't want to be a prince. And then they repeat that again. I just want to do my job. Playing the blues for friends. Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, the Constitution, what's it worth? 
you know they're going to grind us down, ah, until it really hurts. Is this a sovereign nation or just a police state? You better look out, people, before it gets too late. All right, so that's, it sounds better when you hear it sung by Eric Clapton than you do hearing it read by Donald Wayne. Uh, so the article goes on, Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, indeed, is this a sovereign nation or a police state? These guys apparently honor our Constitution the way we do here at the Epic Times. Maybe Clapton, one of the greatest guitar players of his or any generation, should have been playing and singing this on the steps of the Capitol June, I mean, January the 6th. The second song has the two men singing together. Where have all the rebels gone? Where indeed? Their answer? I wonder if that's after I didn't. Uh, I listened to the first one a little bit, but I haven't listened to the second one. Uh, there was a, I think it was Peter, Paul, and Mary song way back. It may have been late 60s. Where, all, where have all the flowers gone? And that was actually a protest song about Vietnam, I believe. Uh, if there's anyone listening to this that uh, knows differently, please send me a correction. Anyway, that song kind of goes, um, where have all the rebels gone hiding behind computer screens? Where's the spirit? Where's the soul? Where have all the rebels gone? Well, you can't be a rebel if you're a conformist. And, and that, as I noted above, the Mrs. Morrison and Clapton evidently concur. What we all see is around us. Okay, that sounds like a song from the 60s. But has Clapton gone too far? From the BBC of only a few hours ago, British rock icon Eric Clapton has said he will not perform at venues that require concert goers to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Opinions differ, of course, but in an allegedly free society like ours, it should be up to the citizen to decide for himself or herself what they put in their body. What did we used to say? Our bodies, ourselves? The BBC continued. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said proof of vaccination must be shown at clubs and venues from September. Clapton said he will not perform anywhere there is a discriminated audience present. In May, Clapton said he had experienced a severe reaction to the AstraZeneca vaccine himself. As it happens, Clapton and Morrison will be playing together far from the authority of Boris Johnson at the Bridgestone Arena in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee on September the 11th. Gee, that's just up the road from us. I may have to try to check that out. There's probably no decent tickets left, though. This author says, I plan on being there sans mask. I wouldn't want to be a part of a discriminated audience. All right. So, you know, like I say, I heard this, and, and maybe many of you have too, that Eric Clapton had said that, may, uh, made that statement to, to the BBC 
that he's not going to play a concert where they, you know, restrict it to only people that have had COVID vaccine vaccinations. So good for him. Um, maybe that'll give more musicians uh, the nerve to push back if they want to push back, if they support Clapton and um, and Van Morrison. I wonder how many people listening to this actually know who Van Morrison is. Uh, if you're over, I'd say, if you're over 40 years old, you have a decent chance of knowing who Van Morrison is. But... Um, if you um, if you're younger than forty, you may not. But uh, Van Morrison, he was uh, lead singer for a group called Them that did the song G L O R I A back in the '60s. But he also did one of my favorite things that he did. He he uh, he was responsible for at least a couple of songs on the Michael soundtrack of the movie soundtrack for Michael. Um, and, uh, probably the, the most prominent one was the one at the end where, uh, they're dancing around, uh, on their way up to the light, Michael. And, um, I can't remember the old lady's name that was in the beginning of the movie. Oh gosh, I can't remember her name, but anyway, uh, Van Morrison did that song at the end, and um, it was a good track for that movie. So they're pushing back. Come on, more and more. Uh, it would be nice if we could get that in the movie industry as well. If people just, you know, and you know there's got to be people out there that disagree with with a lot of the things that are going on. And this is particularly about the COVID issue. And there's a, there's a lot of split opinions about the COVID vaccines. And I've actually encountered people who have some strong feelings on both sides of the issue. But I think we did a story the other night. I think it was one I did with Dennis Lee that there's been at least 6,000 deaths attributed to, attributed to the COVID vaccine in this country, yet they can't verify that all those 6,000 deaths were actually people who died because of the COVID vaccine or the vaccinations, if you will, just that they had died and they had received their vaccinations. But anyway, people are taking that number and uh, and using it as, as as helping them to make up their mind that they do not want to get vaccinated until there's more research done on the vaccines. So anyway, so that's the two stories for tonight. Let me switch back over here. Uh, maybe if I can switch back over here. Okay. Um, again, I'll be posting both of these articles on Facebook 
after the show if you want to go there and you can uh, actually click on the links to both of the songs that uh, I just mentioned that are in this article and uh, see what you think about them. Protest songs. Gee, I kind of came of age in the uh, era of protest songs. I mean, I can. there were so many protest songs. I think we actually did a Trice Talk episode about protest songs, uh, golly, maybe back before Christmas last year uh, when we were still doing shows on Friday. Uh, was it Freaky Friday or something like that? I can't, I can't remember the name of the show now. But I think that was one of our subjects one Friday, uh, protest songs and a lot of good protest songs came out in the in the uh, late 60s and early 70s and most protest songs at that time had something to do with the Vietnam war but um all right so anyway thanks for listening tonight and and uh, downloading this episode if you have uh please join me and Dennis Lee tomorrow night, Sunday night for Trice Talk. We'll be together. And uh, like I said, we may be talking about, uh, hopefully there's some decent stories coming out of the Olympics that we can uh, share and uh, talk about on the show. And um, I'm sure there's some other juicy tidbits of things as well that we can uh, share with you. So, Hopefully you'll uh, check for that, look for that uh, download tomorrow night, that posted show, Trice Talk Sunday night. I hope everybody has a great Sunday, a safe Sunday, and um, please join us again. I'm going to say... Let me see if I can get this one pulled up here. It's always fun trying to do this when I don't have Dennis Lee running interference for me. Uh, Let's see what we're going to do here. We'll go with this. So, till next time, stay safe, everybody.